Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Introducing the next generation from Nintendo, New Super Mario World, created especially for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a bit more exciting, a bit more challenging, a bit more graphic, a bit more colorful, a bit more realistic, a bit more levels, a bit more secrets, a bit more enemies, a bit more friends, a bit more sound, a bit hotter, a bit cooler, a bit weird, a bit more revolutionary, a bit more Mario, a bit more of what you want. It's 16-bit, and it's yours only if you get new Super Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, superpower. All right, everybody, it's time for Nintendo Switchcraft. Today is Wednesday, July 1st, and this is episode 550. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, Bill, um, what happened to Monday's episode? How come an episode of 143 pixels showed up in the feed? I recorded episode 550 already. I did it live on Twitch. I was very unhappy with the quality of the show. So I threw it in the trash and I was like, I'm going to come back and record later. And I came back and I tried recording a couple times and I I just, I couldn't make a show. I just couldn't. So I decided here's what I'll do. I'll take the day off and instead I will post an episode of 143 pixels a day early. And uh, I will also include it on the Nintendo Switchcraft feed because it was about Luigi's Mansion and I figured... Switchcraft people might want to check that out, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there who have listened to Nintendo Switchcraft but have never checked out 143 Pixels. So I figured I would include it on the feed as a way to apologize for not having the latest Nintendo news. Let's get started with the latest Nintendo news, but before we do, I have a couple of things that I want to... I want. I have some help that I need from everybody out there who's listening. Um, first off, speaking of help, this episode of Switchcraft is made possible by patrons like you. If you want to get all of my shows without any ads in them, head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp, and there's a bunch of new stuff there that you can check out, including... Uh, merch like you can get t-shirts and or uh, not, not t-shirts uh, hoodies stickers and coffee mugs uh, by becoming a patron uh, so again that's patreon.com slash run jump stomp all right every year I ask you guys to do me a favor and nominate Nintendo Switchcraft as a, a show uh, for um, the annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Uh, Nominations are now open, and nominations close on July 31st. Now, I think that I may have made a tactical error, and here's why. I thought, well, I've got a couple of video game shows. I'm going to submit both of them for, uh, for nomination. Like, I don't nominate them, but you have to submit your show in order for somebody to nominate it. So I had to I submitted two shows. I submitted Nintendo Switchcraft and 143 Pixels. Not thinking that they're both in the same category. So people can only 
sign up for one of them. So there's a very good chance that this year I may have screwed myself out of getting nominated for a podcast award, uh, which I w- I've been nominated for the uh, best gaming podcast two years in a row now. But now because I put in 143 Pixels and Nintendo Switchcraft, you can only vote for one of them. The 10 shows that get the most uh, votes, those are the shows that will be nominated. So if I had really thought about it, I would have only picked one show so that everybody would vote for that one show. Uh, but here's here's what I'm going to ask of you guys. All right, I'm going to ask you to go to podcastawards.com. Once you are there, there's a button that says click me to nominate my favorite podcast. You can click on that and then you fill out the form and you select either Nintendo Switchcraft or 143 Pixels, whichever show you like better, and uh, nominate that show uh, for best gaming podcast. Uh, Again, that is Nintendo Switchcraft and 143 Pixels over at the podcastawards.com. Or I'm sorry, just podcastawards.com. No the. All right. So podcastawards.com. Nominate your favorite show. And you can also, uh, I'm going to click on this right now. You can also down here on the bottom, you can say, please consider me as one of the listeners that will be randomly selected to vote. So you can also vote. On once the nominations are complete, you can also vote on which show that you want to win. Uh, so I've had Nintendo Switchcraft nominated two years in a row. Looks like I probably screwed this up and won't get it the third year, but uh, you never know. Maybe enough people will go and vote for the show, and uh, man, it would be awesome to get it three years a row in a row. I've never won, but I've been nominated twice, and uh, it would just be amazing if that happened. It's time for the Nintendo news. Um, Robert Cephazon, hopefully I said that name correctly, uh, they are somebody who uh, follows Nintendo translations, and um, they have uh, basically live-tweeted out a translation of the 80th General Shareholders Meeting Q&A with Nintendo, and there's a bunch of really interesting uh, pieces of information here, and I'm going to go through each tweet, and you know I'll read the the blurb, and then I'll talk about my thoughts on it if I have any at all. If at any time you're listening to this uh, and you're like, "Oh man, here's here's a reason why this is important," and Bill didn't think of that, then feel free to get a hold of me on Twitter at Run Jump Stomp and let me know what you think. So. Um, each year, Nintendo does a general shareholders meeting. They have a Q&A session where the shareholders ask questions and the Nintendo top brass answer them. A uh, bunch of Nintendo's top brass was there, including, of course, the president, uh, Mr. Furukawa. Um, here's what he had to say. Uh, so here's the first one. Nintendo president Furukawa apologizes for the lack of Nintendo Switch stock in recent months. Ever since the launch of Animal Crossing New Horizons, the global supply has been difficult to maintain. When there is a high demand, increasing production may may take some time to, to resolve. So basically, well, recently, Nintendo has kind of gotten back on track. At least that's what they've said, that they've gotten back on track 
with being able to get uh, systems in stores. Of course, scalpers were taking advantage of the situation, which is super lame. And and listen, do everybody a favor. If you can't find a Nintendo Switch and you really, really want to buy one, don't support scalpers. Don't support scalpers by paying over the MSRP in order to get your system. I understand that you probably want to play the system right now. Trust me, I understand. But when you support scalpers, it encourages them to go out and buy like tons and tons of these consoles so that they can turn around and eBay them or sell them on Craigslist or you know Facebook Marketplace or wherever it is that they're uh, selling these things. And if you're giving them a profit center, then they're going to keep doing that, which means it will be harder to get a hold of Nintendo hardware because the scalpers are buying it all up. Like it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you give the scalpers your money, you're basically telling them, keep doing this, make it hard for me to buy the system at the MSRP manufacturer's uh, suggested retail price by buying everything up so that I can't buy it when I go into a store or go to Amazon or wherever it is that you want to go. Uh, So, you know, of course, Nintendo has always been a very, very conservative company, especially when it comes to how much stock that they want to have on the shelves at any time. Nintendo can't stand to have items sitting on the shelf waiting to be purchased. So they, they always have a tendency to manufacture fewer than they should And that makes it difficult for people to get them. And then, of course, the scalpers take advantage of the situation and make everything worse. Uh, Mr. Furukawa continues by saying, Nintendo is taking the Nintendo Switch stock issue very seriously and have already ramped up production, but say they don't have an immediate response beyond further studies of the market and demand forecasts. He also added that production sales and the development operations has been affected by COVID-19. Production of units temporarily ceased in February due to its effect on Chinese factories, but recovered shortly in March. Business operations should stabilize throughout the summer. Uh, They're also having trouble getting a hold of parts to make the Nintendo Switch. So, you know, Nintendo has to reach out to manufacturers of a bunch of different stuff and say, I want those. But then other companies are also going out and like, I want all of this RAM and I want all of this, uh, this, this screen, uh, probably not the screen. I don't know a whole lot of 720p devices out there. Um, but Nintendo is fighting with all of these other, um, companies who are buying up all of the supplies to build, ma- um, uh, electronics And that's running into an issue also. Uh, He went on to say, procurement of parts necessary for the production was briefly an issue in May, but is currently recovering. Depending on the work, some Nintendo employees may need to return to working at the office, but they are researching the best and flexible approaches, including rotating staff. Uh, The director and senior managing executive officer, Shinya Takahashi, says that Nintendo has faced development delays due to COVID-19, but it will not affect upcoming releases in the future. If the pandemic continues, and that's not even a big if, that's going to happen. I I think it's going to happen, Uh, especially, uh, well, depending on what country you're in. Um, 
there could be delays in future development and releases. Now, we've already talked about this a little bit. The idea that Nintendo has said, look, the rest of this year that we have planned is going to be fine. Uh, COVID-19 did affect it, but the rest of this year moving forward, the things that we planned on releasing, we're going to release. Of course, I've mentioned before that we don't know anything after um, Paper Mario and the Origami King. We don't know what their plans are for after that. So as far as we know, Nintendo's saying everything's fine, but we don't really know because they hadn't announced anything, which was kind of a brilliant move on Nintendo's part to not say anything rather than say something only to have to turn around and delete it. Uh, I think that, um, look, the COVID-19 is probably going to be coming back in the fall. There are some that say it hasn't actually gone anywhere, and I probably agree with most of those people. But we've seen we've seen a lot of delays in the video game industry, not necessarily from Nintendo, but we have seen a lot of delays in the video game industry, and I'm fairly certain that Nintendo is going to run into this problem again, and everything's going to shut down, and that means that games are going to get delayed. That's okay, because every single week there's like 50 games that gets released on the, on the Nintendo Switch, and some of them are awesome. Some of them are kind of trash, but some of them are awesome, and I there's no way that you've played all of them. So I think that we should just say, all right, hey, if everything gets delayed, we can go back and play old stuff and have some fun with it. In fact, here's my question to you. And you guys can, I'm going to tweet this out as a, as a question. What games on the Nintendo Switch do you feel that people have missed out on? Like, what's your favorite um, underrated game on the Nintendo Switch? I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. I'm going to tweet this out, and you can reply. And maybe people will uh, try out the game because you've said so. All right, we've got some more stuff to get to, but I need to take a quick drink, so uh, hang in there for just a moment. That wasn't so bad. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Back to the Q&A session. Uh, Director Takahashi also went on to say that the Jump Rope Challenge, that's that weird game that they made um, during uh, remote work, has had over 590 million jumps that have been recorded by the time that they recorded the Q&A. And so that got me thinking, how many jumps do you have 
in Jump Rope Challenge, uh, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to uh, tweet at RunJumpStomp with a screenshot of your high score in Jump Rope Challenge. All right? So, you know, you do your Jump Rope Challenge. You're jumping and jumping and jumping. Then you uh, get to your high score. You take a screenshot and tweet it at me at run jump stomp on Twitter. I'm curious at what your what what is the highest score uh, for jump rope challenge? I think that that is uh, 590 million. I tried it once. I did like 102, and I was like, okay, I had enough and moved on. Uh, but but I just I think that that's really really weird. Uh, moving on, um, President Furukawa said that there was that you know after the cancellation. Let me say that again. After the cancellation of E3, they have no plans for large industry events for the time being. And Nintendo doesn't plan to make its own large events. They will work to bring announcements and news in other ways for the time being. He goes on to say, Nintendo believes that Nintendo Directs, and this is a very, very interesting quote. Nintendo believes that Nintendo Directs are an especially effective means of conveying new game content and its announcements to fans. However, more effective means may become available in the future, and they may consider what is the best way to bring new information to fans. This is really, really weird to me. Um, Nintendo Directs, like, let, let's go back a few years. Nintendo... Microsoft, Sony, they all got up in front of people and did a live presentation. And then a few years back, Nintendo said, you know what? This isn't working for us. Uh, We're going to do pre-recorded stuff and we'll just release it right around the time, like at at E3 time. And uh, it was really well received. Everybody was like, oh, that's awesome. In fact, I have to say that having watched many Nintendo Directs and having watched their live presentations, their Nintendo Directs are infinitely better at, con- at communicating information to the, uh, the consumers. I think that Nintendo has done a great job there. It's such a great job that Microsoft and Sony and tons of other video game companies have kind of looked at what Nintendo's done with the Nintendo Direct and followed suit. Like Google, like when they do their announcements for uh, for Google Stadia, they have the Stadia Connect. Um, Sony has the the PlayStation uh, State of Play. Uh, Microsoft has the Microsoft nintendo direct analog which the name i'm forgetting right now i can't remember i'm sure somebody in chat will will let me know but everybody was kind of copying what nintendo has has done they completely changed how announcements are done in the video game industry and for them to say maybe we're gonna do it a different way from now on that is very interesting to me because I think everybody agrees that right now this is kind of the best way to do it. What what could Nintendo do that would improve upon the formula that they have? I think let's be let's be real. They have nailed it so far. 
What could they do to improve upon it? I'm very curious what your thoughts are. What do you guys think? How can Nintendo improve upon the Nintendo Direct? All right. Let me know. I'm going to tweet that question out on Twitter as well. And maybe we'll talk about it on the Saturday episode. This kind of power, this kind of challenge, this kind of flying, crashing, feeling. When you decide to get serious, there's only one place to come. The games of Super Nintendo. No one else creates this kind of experience. Because no one else creates these kinds of games. Now you're playing with power. Super power. This actually came as a surprise. Mr. Furukawa apologizes for the inconvenience caused by Joy-Con issues. But he says, due to the ongoing class action lawsuit in the U.S., he will refrain from making any comment on specifics. Um, I think that I'm, I'm just very surprised that they would even respond in an, in an apologetic way. Because that's almost like admitting that you screwed up. And... For them to admit that they screwed up when there's currently a class action lawsuit, like that could be, I mean, I'm no lawyer, right? And if you are a lawyer, feel free to tell me why I'm wrong, but couldn't them apologizing for this make like in an official way like that be like entered into evidence in the uh, trial for the class action lawsuit? I don't know. I do like the fact that uh, Furukawa is saying, hey, man, sorry, um, w- you know, we screwed up. I-, I really hope that they say we finally have figured out the, you know, whatever the cause is of um, the Joy-Con drift. And here's how we're going to fix it. And we're going to fix it by replacing Joy-Cons with the- with new ones that don't have this problem if uh, if you have a drift problem and you contact Nintendo, we're going to send you ones that won't have this problem again. Because it's ridiculous that three years into the life cycle, they still have not figured this out. Um, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, I've had Joy-Con drift issues. My son has had Joy-Con drift issues. My like One of my best friends had Joy-Con drift issues. In fact, I loaned him, because I was usually using my Pro Controller, I loaned him my Joy-Cons while his were on the way to Nintendo. This is three years ago when, well, probably two and a half years ago or so, uh, back when the, the you know this was first happening. Um, and to, to, to be completely fair to Nintendo... Um, outside of the time when they erased my son's switch and lost him his Pokemon stuff, which by the way, he, he finished Pokemon again. Kid is a monster when it comes to Pokemon. He's awesome. Um, outside of that experience, every experience that I've had and every experience that I have heard of people having with Nintendo has been really, really great customer service. Uh, so I had one bad experience, but all of the other experiences have been really good. That being said... It's kind of ridiculous that in a span of three years, I had multiple issues with Joy-Cons. That's that's definitely a problem. And it makes me very nervous for the Switch Lite, which my wife has one and my niece has one. 
And if those start to have Joy-Con drift, then you got to send in the whole thing. Are they going to lose their Animal Crossing stuff? I don't know. It makes me way too nervous. I'm not sure. Listen, Nintendo, figure out your cloud backup stuff. Figure out your Joy-Cons and uh, make it right. Do better because, you know, you can do better. I think they can anyway. All right. The last thing uh, that I want to say about the uh, Q&A session, uh, it says here, Uh, Furukawa says that the success of the Nintendo Switch can be attributed to two elements, the release of the Nintendo Switch Lite and that Nintendo can focus all development efforts on the Nintendo Switch and not two different systems concurrently. They want to extend its life cycle. If you go back to, I don't know, early episodes, not even of Nintendo Switchcraft, actually, you probably can't find old episodes of Run, Jump, Stomp anymore, um, before like I rebooted the the podcast, but there was an old podcast that I did called Run Jump Stomp, and I think it was like on episode one, I talked about the what Nintendo needed to do with the NX in order to make it successful. And, and one of the things I think that I, if I didn't say it on that episode, I'm sure that I said it on some episode. Um, one of the things that I said is the fact that they're supporting the 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 Wii U. And the 3DS is a mistake. They're splitting their teams in half, making games for two systems, effectively lowering the number of games that are available on both systems, making it less attractive to the consumer. And here Furukawa is basically saying, yeah, you know that Bill guy? He was right. No, he's not saying that. But he's confirming what many of us believe, is that, it's so much easier for Nintendo to take all of their departments and work on one system instead of splitting it into two systems. And I love that he's saying, listen, this is making a, this is why the switch is so, uh, so damn popular because we're no longer splitting our development teams across two systems. Um, director and senior executive officer, uh, Koshi Shioda, says that Nintendo focuses on fun experiences rather than the technical power of the console. He adds the number of families playing together on Nintendo Switch reaffirms the value of having a dedicated gaming console. And I completely agree with that. Um, I will say this. This is, this is why I am a fan of Nintendo is because they focus on making a fun game rather than having a technically superior game. And that shows. However, because of that, the Nintendo Switch doesn't need to be super powerful, which is why you can get it for $300. But it doesn't need to be super powerful, right? Well, we've got the PS5 and the Xbox Series X on their way. And those systems are going to be way more powerful than the Nintendo Switch. And it seems like Nintendo is saying, we are going to double down on our low power console because we know that we can make games that are incredibly fun and will sell very well. What that also means is that there's going to be a lot of games that come out on the Xbox and come out on the PlayStation but don't get ported to the Nintendo Switch. And why don't they get ported? Because it's going to cost way too much money and give too poor of a result because the Switch is so much less powerful than those other systems. And 
basically what Mr. Furukawa and Mr. Shioda are saying is we are going to continue with this path and kind of ignore the competition, which is what they've been doing for a really long time. Uh, I think that this, they obviously have been doing well because the Switch is sold like gangbusters. And now I think that they are in a position where a lot of developers and a lot of publishers have no choice but to make games for the Nintendo Switch because they have sold so many units. And that right there is is one of the reasons why it's okay for Nintendo to say, screw the competition, we're doing our own thing. If you're going to spend your time playing video games, why not play them on something that can also teach you about computing? Get a Commodore 64 or a VIC-20. I had other stuff that I wanted to talk about today, but that, that investors meeting uh, really kind of went long, and so for that, I apologize. But there, I, I feel like there was a lot of really interesting information in there. I got three quick things that I want to share with you. Uh, number one, Superliminal is coming to Nintendo Switch on July 7th. That is the game where you play with perspective. So you can pick up like an object. It's a 3D game. You pick up an object. And then as you move it around in the environment, it changes size. It's It stays the same size. But as you move it around the, the environment, the size changes, which is really weird for me to say. But you got to watch the video in order to understand it. This game looks really cool. I reached out to developers. I actually stopped reaching out to developers for review copies because I never have time to play them. This one I said, oh, okay, I got to see if I can get my hands on this because it looks really, really cool. Uh, that's Superliminal coming on July 7th, so that's only six days away. Looks very cool. Uh, Capcom was asked if they are going to bring Monster Hunter World to the Nintendo Switch. They said no. Like they didn't even uh, bandy about like, uh, you know, leave the door open. They said, no, Monster Hunter World will not be ported to the Nintendo Switch. But then they said Capcom is planning a Monster Hunter game that will be popular with junior and senior high school students in Japan, which is where the other Monster Hunter games have been incredibly popular. So there's that. And then finally, um, Square Enix has released more footage of Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Super excited for that game. Um, Make sure that you check out runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 550 of Nintendo Switchcraft, so you can see the footage of both Super Liminal and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Become a part of the community over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can also watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp along with a bunch of other people. So head on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, click on that follow button, and then the next time that I go live, you will get a notification on your device of choice, and uh, it will be super awesome because you'll be able to hang out and talk about stuff between segments and see all of the times that I have made huge, huge mistakes. I also want to take a minute and I want to thank our our producers. Those are the people who are, are at the uh, producer tier or higher over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. That would be Abigail13, Orge Thunder, Paul Bramblett, Bowser, Eric Smith, Jordan Forbes, Matt Hadfield, and Trucker Paul. You guys are fantastic. Thank you to each and every one of you. And thank you 
to all of our other patrons. You guys are amazing. You recognize that making content like this is time consuming and hard work and uh, you reward me for it. And, and for that, I have to say thank you very much. Uh, if you want to check out my other shows, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music you're hearing just about now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. Thank you to them for allowing me to use that music on the show. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This show is part of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. For more information, check us out over at gstu.net.